Welcome everybody to another episode of Marketing Management and Money. This is your uh, second favorite co-host, Ethan Meliori, and I'm sitting here with Ryan Murray, the world's favorite co-host. The world's? The world's favorite host. Wow. Well, why not? It's... Worldwide, it's a worldwide po- <laughs> podcast. It wasn't the world part; it was the favorite part that I kind of got hung up on. Okay, but well, th- in, your, in Europe, in Europe, you can't say the favorite, so we have to say probably the world's favorite, right? <laughs> right. You have to put probably in there because you can't actually claim that it is clearly. <laughs> so, so probably the world's. Most favorite podcast host. Hey, I, I was going to say, since we're doing a side conversation, <laughs> we can kind of kick it off with whatever we feel like, right? Uh, that's right. We can do that. <laughs> one of these days, you're going to totally regret letting me introduce this. But <laughs> One of these days? Already <laughs> happened. <laughs> Good. So anyways, today we wanted to talk uh, a sideline episode. So we get to just kind of share our own thoughts and ramble a little bit. Uh, just and We decided to pick, uh, you know, just the economic background and business of Christmas because it's always fascinating uh, how it starts. And I, and I know that as we kind of maybe chuckled about doing this one and then we decided to do it, you were, had all kinds of stuff coming into your head that you wanted to share about it. Well, you know, this is a a business podcast where we talk about small business and I'm going to state, I'm not really going to spend a lot of time talking about the commercialization of Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about like, really, how did we get here? You know, <laughs> how, how did we get to this? Uh, hang, hang on. Okay. Big disclaimer. If you are listening to this podcast and you have children present, I will not guarantee <laughs> that, and this It's not going to be vulgar. <laughs> it's not going to be like inappropriate content. But if you want to keep some of the magic of Christmas alive, do not let your children listen to this because some of the stories I'm going to share might contradict some of the family traditions that you want to keep. Is is that that a fair disclaimer? That is a great disclaimer. (laughs) So, you know, we can talk. Way to hide that. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we can talk the business of Christmas, but there's, there's also... Some of the uh, some of the culture of, of Christmas yeah, yeah. from an American viewpoint, I you know the true, like yeah, there's there's a lot of different uh, cultures out there, and you know I'm I'm probably going to expand it into just some other holidays as well, but um, well, but I, you know I, as you bring up cultures, I'm thinking because you know I've been lucky enough to have some Christmases or Christmas time of the year in some other cultures. And it's fascinating how each country has has something unique about it in its culture and what they do with Christmas that you don't find in the other countries. Correct, yeah. And that just is fascinating to me. And each one is cool in its own way. I, You know how you'd mesh it in, but, you know, like uh, a little bit of time over in England, Christmas crackers. Okay, we've kind of adopted that into our family where we do Christmas crackers, uh-huh. uh, some Christmas poppers. I don't know. I say crackers and crackers over here means a different thing. Than, <laughs> than I, I didn't know what Christmas crackers were, so, so I was just going to let you run with it. But uh, down, you know, and a few years ago, we went uh, with our daughter to, to Mexico City and visiting some friends that she has down there. And uh, it was super interesting that some of the food, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but... Uh, they bake in a little, a little 
plastic little baby Jesus figurine mm-hmm. and whoever gets it <laughs> gets something because they found it in their food type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, just stuff that I just go and pinatas. I mean, big time pinatas at Christmas time down there. I, so I just love when you say cultures, uh, how amazing that each one is. And I mean, it would be fun to have, you know, if you could change your 12 days of Christmas to just being picking your 12 favorite Christmases around the world. And each day was one of their, uh, um, you know, traditions that you could do. That would mm-hmm. be a blast. Yeah. Well, I totally agree with you. And I think that it's awesome how, you know, there are different cultures and different ways that you can celebrate, but I, I'm going to take maybe the cynical side. <laughs> Like, here you are, you're talking about like, you know, tradition and culture and the beauty of it. And I'm like, no, 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 but, I'm, I'm going straight cynical. But that, you know, but your point is exactly though, because when you get into the commercialization of Christmas, that's where I'm just kind of like, Bleh. so I become a bah humbug, you know, of course, you know, I, someone told me that we should look at that because everyone says, ah, you're a Scrooge. But someone says, hey, you know what? Scrooge changed. He became a fantastic man. Why don't we ever recognize that? I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, became- so if you're called a Scrooge, you should say thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to kick it off with, uh, you know, everyone talks about all the, the symbolism of Christmas. Mm-hmm. That drives me crazy because <laughs> so much of it, like, you know, the fact that it's done in December, that's winter solstice. It's, yeah. you know, the Christians yeah. were trying to appease the pagans because they needed to make sure that there was peace, but not not the kind of peace that, you know, we <laughs> sing about at Christmas time, but they just didn't want to have the pagans fighting them. And, you know, and so this winter solstice holiday got merged into a Christmas holiday. And so there's a lot of pagan, you know, paganism in, in the, and, yeah. and I'm not anti that. Like, it, it doesn't actually bother me. Uh, it does bother me when people like make up crap symbolism where they're like, oh, yes, the red on Santa Claus represents the, uh, you know, the blood of Christ. And I'm like, no, the red on Santa Claus is because Coca-Cola spent a lot of money marketing <laughs> it and they standardized Santa Claus as red. Because prior to Coca-Cola in like the 1920s and 1930s, Santa Claus could be blue or, you know, like there were a lot of colors that were any elfin color, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of other countries, though, Santa Claus isn't in red. He's in their traditional kind of royal colors. That's because Coca-Cola is American. You know? huh. So. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> Elf on the shelf, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Whoever I I tell Whoever you, Whoever invented that is brilliant, but I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to not know the rules of Elf on the Shelf because I didn't care. I actually thought it was kind of <laughs> stupid. <laughs> when the first time that I heard about Elf on the Shelf, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was a full-time business consultant and this lady came in to meet with me and she had, uh, this little elf with a little elf door and that was going to be her business as she wanted to sell elf doors. 
And it was one of these moments where I tried to keep my personal opinions aside and <laughs> and stay professional. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she never came back to meet with me. <laughs> like, I, that was a one and done. And I'm pretty sure it was because my body language was screaming, this is a stupid idea. So, you know, she's telling me about... You would have said that about Elf on the Shelf, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's telling me about these little Elf doors, and this was, you know, just before Elf on the Shelf became a thing, and I'm just like, this is all dumb, really dumb, right? So um, we ended up in our family, when my kids were little, we ended up doing Elf on the Shelf because mm -hmm. my oldest went to elementary school, and he came home with this little Elf, and he wanted to do it for his younger siblings. Oh, yeah. And so okay. all of a sudden, he's got these little elves that they do mischievous things. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to every day have to, you mm -hmm. know, stay up late after my kids go to bed and then toilet paper my house so that I can clean it up the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it's fun for them, but December's a long month. And so anyway, so we had these two elves and my oldest son actually did most of the mischievous stuff. We as parents would move them. They'd be in a different location, mm -hmm. right? So we would move them. Well, a neighbor friend gave us a third elf. Three? Well, because we needed a One girl elf. We had to had to have a girl elf, right? I thought every home only got one elf because Santa Claus can't afford to lose that many. I don't, I don't know what happened. But anyway, so we, uh, you know, we, we had three elves. Ooh. So I come home from work one day and my little daughter's crying. <laughs> and I come in and I see the scene and the scene is that this elf has fallen down. Like it was, you know, put up on a, on, yeah. on a cupboard shelf or something like that. Touch the elf. I didn't know this. Oh no, you touched <laughs> the elf. So <laughs> not only did I touch the elf, <laughs> so I, I totally misread the situation as my daughter's sitting there crying. I thought she was scared of the elf. I thought she <laughs> thought the elf was going to do something mischievous to her. You know, you got to realize my daughter at the time, I, maybe you four just, or five years old, like she's, you she's pretty young. That elf and it will never be welcome no. back into North Pole. No, no, no. So I wanted to prove to her that elves were friendly. So I picked it up. <laughs> And I said, see, it won't hurt you as I'm shaking this elf. And she's screaming violently. She's like, ah! <laughs> and I don't get what's going on. And I look over at my wife, who just gives me that look, where <laughs> I knew that I had stepped in something, but I had no idea what I had stepped in. Mm -hmm. I found out later, you don't touch the elves. That's a rule. I did not know this rule. There was a funeral for this elf. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be kidding me. <laughs> because dad killed the elf. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is getting better. <laughs> so... Uh, Anyway, what, what what do you want to talk about? The business of Christmas? <laughs> is that the point in time when you finally had to say, hey, sweetie, there is no Santa Claus either. You might as well just <laughs> finish it off, right? Well, okay, so here's the other question. Is it okay to lie to your children globally? 
Everyone lies well, to every child. Well, think think about this one. So you say that, and that's funny because I'm thinking about, is it okay to lie to your kids? And I'm like, well, we lie to our wives all the time. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and and back in the day when you used to have a landline telephone, right? And you didn't know who was calling because there was no caller ID, right? And you'd always tell your kids, if it's for me, I'm not home, right? <laughs> not only did you get your kids to... <laughs> Lie for you? <laughs> Come on. It can't be worse than that. This is already my favorite episode. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the days of landlines. Oh, parents yeah. Parents always say, oh, yeah. you had to because you got to be on the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. And when the kid did it really bad. Yeah. My mom says she's not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a good one. Yeah. We could... There's got to be all kinds of stories on that one. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad to lie to your kids. So Even though I know a lot of people don't. They just tell them, no, there's there's the idea of Santa Claus and that he brings good things. But, I mean, they're pretty. Okay. I honestly hate that even worse when people like make up some sort of Christian thing and they're like, no, Santa's in your heart. If you have faith in him, I'm like faith in Santa. No, 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 no. (laughs) Just stop right there. You know, (laughs) like do not encourage your kids to have, if you want your kids to have faith in God, great. But faith in Santa Claus, I think is worse than lying to your children. That's just me. (laughs) So my youngest comes to me. And he, I don't remember how old he was. He was probably eight or nine years old, something like that. And he's like, Dad, is Santa real? And I just look right at him. I'm like, do you want me to answer that question? Because I'll answer that question. He's like, I want you to answer that question. And I'm like, no, he's not. And he's like, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing was, the next year, he was believing in Santa again. Well, we... We always told all of our kids flat right out that, yeah, Santa Claus is not real, but if you don't believe in Santa, you don't get a gift. (laughs) (laughs) So you lied to them and coerced them. Well done. Yeah. That's great parenting. (laughs) I I think the idea that uh, Santa, the idea that someone can bring joy and a present that maybe you need, you know what I mean? Do something nice for someone. You know, I didn't want them to get away from that um, because otherwise Christmas is so commercialized. It is so commercialized, you know, and that's, I think that's why I hate Christmas because it's so commercialized that, well, and, and that, and half the stuff I ever get for Christmas or got for Christmas, I could never use at that time of year. It just sat around because I couldn't use it. It was, you know, shorts or something for summer or, you know, clothes or for whatever else, you know, that's what I always hated is that, or, you know, something that was outdoor related and now you're like I can't even use it till summer. Yeah. So yeah. I I was I've never I've never been a fan of Christmas just because um why spend a whole lot of money on things that you can't use at that point in time? Why don't we just minimize it and buy it year round and know that you're going to have a modest Christmas because you're just going to get a few things you can use at that time of the year. Well, and oh boy, there's the, so 
the whole thing about the commercialization, like there's a lot of pressure yeah. to, you know, give your kids. I, I love that little, uh, the, the song, Santa Claus is coming to town. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor. He loves you just the same. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> there's a clear class distinction <laughs> at Christmas time. That is true. You know? Based off of your economic <laughs> I get status and income and yeah. I, I, I mean that's funny. I, I'm not gonna say based off of that because there's a lot of you know, people put balance into it. Well, there there are people, people who can't afford to, anything yeah, and they, they spend to way too much. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen people this blows my mind, right? So, you know, I'm in a position where I oversee a lot of people and I, you know, I know what their wages are because I'm the boss, right? And I look at what they're doing for Christmas and I'm like, wow, you outspent me by a factor of like three to one and I out earn you by a factor of three to one. So that is not a good variable. Yeah. Like it's, you know, see, that's my argument that, you know, unless they've been saving up all year, which I'm going to argue 50 plus percent of the people, and maybe that number is even higher, don't. You know what I mean? They're not actively, hey, I need to save money so that we can have a good Christmas. Yeah. Christmas comes up and oh, I'll just put it on the credit card or, you know, we'll dip into savings or whatever else. You know what I mean? Or because most people I don't think are actively, you know, hey, I have a, I've been saving up for my X amount of dollar budget. So I have what I need to do it. You know what blew my mind? Okay. And I I'm going to I'm going to cast judgment right now. If you are in this category, <laughs> stop being in this category. I didn't realize that the majority of Americans pay for their vacations after they get back. Really? Yeah. If you read the stats on it, blew my mind. Because to me, you get the money and then go on vacation. Yeah. That's just the way you do it. No. The majority of uh, Americans will put their vacation on a credit card and then then start making payments after they get back. Oh, yeah. That's bad. That's that's, really bad. But that's the same thing with Christmas. If If you're having to take signature loans or put more in your credit card than you can pay off for Christmas. My argument is, is that's, <laughs> that's not good either. Well, and, and I'll tell you, your kids don't care that much. Like yeah. it, if they do care that much, then you need to back off on the consumerism in your household. Like yeah. if, if everything is based around, cause you can train that. That's right. You know, but outside of their basic needs, what do kids want? They want to spend time with you. This is interesting because that goes kind of to your point, though, that if if you, because think about when, uh, at least when I was a kid, and I'm sure it rippled into when you were still a kid. I mean, we used to get the JCPenney book or the Sears catalog, right? Right, yeah, I remember that. the Christmas edition would come out, and we would lay there for hours going through every page. Circling. Circling, (laughs) right? Uh Yeah. What we wanted for Christmas. Yep. And then, you know, if if you could do it, you rip out the pages, whatever else. These are all the things I want for Christmas, right? And then Santa Claus never brought any of them, (laughs) right? (laughs) I remember that. Right? Um, My grandma was better than Santa Claus was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but if you were actually, to your point, if you were at some level being more candid with kids and say, look, 
there isn't a Santa Claus. We like the idea behind the principle of it. Someone that's nice, that's giving, that helps other people, that's serving, you know, trying to make life a little bit easier for people. Um, but because he's not real, we don't just flood you with Christmas presents galore during Christmas. You know, we're, we're managing it through the year or however is best for your economic status and income. You would probably have, you. I would agree, your Christmases would be much better uh, because kids would just be more fiscally minded. Well, I, what's the right? Oh, oh, okay. Does that the, make sense? It makes perfect sense, but I'm going to pull it in a different direction. And here's my second disclaimer, right? If you're going to get offended that we're talking about Christ on something where we're talking about Christmas, do a little bit of research of what the history of Christmas is. It's in the name. So I'm going to talk about Christ here for a second, right? Yeah. If you want to bring Christ into Christmas and you're basing Christmas on a bunch of lies and consumerism <laughs> and you're wondering why you're Ouch. struggling. You just shoved a <laughs> knife in the back of like 90% of the listeners right now. Ouch. That's, I mean, I think a spoon in my heart dinging it well, out right well, now. Well, well, the good news is, is that Christmases are, you know, this show's after Christmas, and so you could have enjoyed your Christmas already, and now you can think about next year and what you want to do, and you can yeah. start prepping your kids now. Be like, you know all that fun and joy we had last year? It's ending. It's over. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, and honestly, so if you're not Christian, I have no problem if you want to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Like, that doesn't bother me in the slightest because, I mean, I'm not Irish and St. Patrick's Day kicks around and I still eat, right. you know. Green eggs and ham. Yeah, whatever. I, what, what's that one? Corned beef and cabbage. Yeah. You know? And I'm like. You still have a traditional beer. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with the Irish traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep it authentic. But it goes to the point. So, you know, I, I, do, I don't drink. But it's so funny because when, uh, when holidays come around, it's like this open door to do stuff that you wouldn't want to do. I look at Halloween, right? We tell our kids constantly, don't talk to strangers. Don't eat too much candy. I don't want you, you know, if someone's in a mask, you need to call the police. <laughs> Unless it's October 31st, then do all of this. Right. <laughs> it's okay for that one night. <laughs> so I, I, I have a funny confession, right? I have this, and I'm not going to call it like a bucket list item, but it's, it's something. I was talking to a friend of mine once, and he's like, yeah, I want to do open mic night. And ever since he said that thought, I'm like, ooh, I should do open mic night. I think I'm hilarious. My kids don't think I'm funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, they're like, well, if you want to make a fool of yourself, Dad, go ahead. But I, I'm like... Have you ever tried to do an open mic night? I haven't. I present all the time. And when I present, I throw jokes in there. And it's funny because some of my jokes will catch and some will just fall so flat. Yeah. And uh, Well, if people know you, they probably would catch them. And so I, I get people that tell me all the time, they're like, thank you for not being boring. So even if they're not like laughing out loud, yeah. they appreciate <laughs> that there's some humor put in. Because when I do a full day presentation, I mean, eight hours of listening to someone. Ooh, it's painful. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll put up with some dad jokes and be like, okay, that helped the eight hours go by, you know. So, but anyway, 
I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, I need to do an open mic night. So one of these years mm-hmm. I will. And I even started writing what my uh, what my uh, script would be. Script would be really, yeah. And I did it on how stupid holidays are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could just regurgitate most of this conversation. <laughs> no, no, I went into every. This one just talks on on Christmas, but like I, you know, I just picked apart every single holiday. I don't know how funny it is. I've never actually shared it with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you're laughing at yourself, anyways. <laughs> I like to laugh at myself. <laughs> oh, oh goodness! So, anyway, that's uh, there, there, there's my confession of why I enjoy you know being cynical at Christmas time, talking about yeah, it's okay to have you know a stranger sneak into your house, leave you stuff. Don't worry, he's got elves that watch you all year long. Yeah. <laughs> the guy you love the most has lots of stalkers. <laughs> I wanted to sit on his lap and you tell it this him. Way it makes it sound so bad. <laughs> Just tell him all your hopes and dreams. Sit on his lap and whisper in his ear. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is. It's horrible <laughs> now that you make me think about it. Especially today with I right? <laughs> so, oh my goodness. So here's another funny thing. We had this tradition growing up where we would go and sit on Santa's lap. You remember when it was in the mall? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you'd go to the mall yeah. and and it was always a different Santa. And we kept those uh, pictures. We actually still have them. My parents have framed really? them. So it started with my, I'm the youngest, right? Okay. So it started with my oldest. And, uh, you know, you can you can see the progression of all the kids okay. through the years. It's actually kind of cool. Uh, it's also funny to see the hand-me-down clothes that work their <laughs> way through the family. <laughs> but, see, kids today, they don't even understand what this even means. They're like, what's a hand-me-down clothes? You know, yeah. so. But, uh so we would look at them, and you could clearly see that they were different Santas. And so, again, the lie was, this is the real Santa. He actually looked like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then everyone else was an elf, you know. Yeah, Santa, one of Santa's helpers. Yeah. And so, anyway, so we did this tradition all growing up. And when my old, so my oldest brother, he's 11 years older than me, right? So you got to realize when he's 18 years old, that puts me, what would I be, seven, right? So I'm still totally into sitting on Santa's lap. And so my parents, as a whole family, we went. So this 18-year-old is still going, Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't sit on Santa's lap, you know, but I would want to, and my other brother would want to, and, you know, and so it just kind of like kept going. This tradition kept going to the point. So I'm the youngest. And uh, when I was 18 years old, I went to Santa by myself to get this picture taken. Really? And, um, and it was funny. Like, I didn't go with any friends or anything. I literally went by myself. I drove to the mall, stood in line. You wait, know, wait a minute. <laughs> when you're 18? When I'm 18, right? <laughs> so you got all these... All these little kids <laughs> and their moms, and then you know this eighteen-year-old. Good, good thing it was back in the day when, <laughs> when that was still okay. Yeah, yeah. And so when I go, there, I did not sit on his lap. I sat next to him. It was a big oversized chair, so yeah. I'm sitting next to him. The guy doesn't even stay in character. He's like. Yeah, I'm from Chicago. I just fly out here because this is a good gig in the wintertime. And I'm like, come on. Like, 
I know you're not Santa. You know I'm 18. But we're both just supposed to pretend here. Like, <laughs> what do you do? But I did. I got, I got my picture taken with him. And so then the next year, my parents came up with this great idea. That they're just like, okay, now let's get all of the siblings together one last time. And so... We did it. So, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest, and I'm like 19, 20 years old. Um, and then all of my others, you know, they're, they're like in, in their 20s, 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we were all sitting on Santa's lap, <laughs> a bunch of old adults <laughs> so with really old parents, like just, you know, smiling, <laughs> watching this. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. So... Uh, we used don't, to, don't ask me what that has to do with, you we know. used to have a neighbor who would um, do uh, Santa Claus. That's in the yeah in the fall. So about uh, July or so, he would start growing in his beard. And he, he would grow just the perfect gray beard and hair and everything. So he would do, uh, through most of the month of December, he'd do a number of gigs of Santa Claus and and so when he would start growing it, my kids would see him. Man, they they were so happy that Santa Claus lived, you know, kind of next door <laughs> as the neighbor. <laughs> you know? And I guess you could say we helped fuel the propaganda. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that Santa Claus better be good because he, he sees you every day. But okay, let's go, let's go back to this idea because you mentioned you're like you lie to your wife, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do, I do, and it's not malicious. No. It's uh-huh. to make the relationship better. And so... It sounds... <laughs> I know, I know. That came out wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to try and recover with this statement. You know, Christmas is more fun when you lie about it. When you watch a movie, you know, when I watch Star Wars, I know it's fake. Right. And it's more fun to believe in something that's fake. It makes the movie more enjoyable. enjoyable. So... Because if you knew... Because if you actually started critiquing it and making it so it was realistic. You, you would not, there's not a good movie out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So is it good to lie? We lie to ourselves all the time. Everyone says fake it till you make in business. Like that is legit advice where, yeah, that's right. You know, you're a startup and they say, Hey, fake it till you make it. Just have confidence. Even if you're not ready, go out there as though you are ready. Yeah. You're going to be an influencer. You got to start somewhere. You got to have your first customer. Yeah. You know, like when I got into business consulting, I remember those first like 10 yeah. that it's like, what should I do? I think you should do this. You, know? <laughs> you should believe in Santa. <laughs> So, so sh- should we lie to ourselves? Should we lie to each other in the but, name of good? But you know, though, there's some. So jumping to the psychology of just putting some things out, out on the other side, because when you get into, you know, there's a huge uh, mindfulness and mental health uh, epidemic and or um, scourge and you know a lot of stuff going on to try to do that just because of the concern there with, you know, the number of suicides that increased right, and a lot yeah. of depression and other right. things. And so there's a lot of help out there now, but it's, it's interesting because there's <clears throat> one of the principles in that is, is that, um, the voice in your head is a jerk. Okay. Yeah. It normally feeds negative thoughts to you, mm-hmm. right? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Right. You're not pretty enough, whatever. Right. Which, 
90% of those are lies. Right. And if you listen to them, it's a lie. But on the flip side of that also is that the idea behind it is to, you should be feeding yourself uh, positive affirmations. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to stop thinking about the negative and dwelling on the negative because then that's kind of what becomes your focus and your nature and your temperament. And mm-hmm. so if you're feeding yourself more positive stuff, then you're more resilient uh, some of the challenges that you face are not so overwhelming, right? Um, and, but some people argue, well, isn't that a lie as well? But yeah. at the same time, it's a fantastic placebo that once you, as you feed yourself, when well, you know this, as you feed yourself positive thoughts, it releases endorphins or whatever in the brain. I don't know what the right scientific terminology right, is, but it, but it releases things that, that naturally are more positive for you. And they also know scientifically that the more positive you think, generally the more positive your body reacts to things to stay healthy. Yeah. So maybe we concluded that lying is good. That's, that is the moral of this episode <laughs> that you should lie to your children for their <laughs> mental health and well-being. <laughs> But I, you know, sidelines are so. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think that so. I I'm going to go down this path for just a second, uh, and and that is, absolutes are dangerous. If you say you should never lie, you should always tell the truth. You know, there's only one right thing to tell your children. Uh, You know, if you believe in Santa Claus, you're an idiot. If you don't believe in Santa Claus, you're you're ruining your children. Like, uh, no, there are so few absolutes. And, and things really do have kind of this scale. They, you know, a pendulum swing, if, if it were. Right. And, and so I think that it's important to understand there's some balance here, you know. Uh, there, there's some, some balance. And, and that's, that's part of the beauty of being human is we get to look at it every single day and say, okay, you know, what, what direction is my pendulum swinging? Is that the direction I want it to swing? Do I push harder or do I pull back? And it's this dance, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, I now have arrived in business. This is the way to run a business. I mean, we just did an episode on absolutes in business yeah. and, you know, there's not a right way to run a business. There's not a point at which you're successful. There's not this uh, yeah. yes and no you know, and, and I'm talking business here, but you could expand it to life. And, right. you know, it's it's this ongoing. So I don't know if I'm going to say that lying is good or bad, but I'm going to say I think there's a place where, you know, you you got to use some some rational thinking. I almost said common sense, but it's not very common or well, sensical. So, But even... That argument, your parents, you know, if you can't say something nice at all, don't say it at all, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's ultimately saying, well, I can think all the mean things about you and not, well, what's worse, right? Yeah. You know? How? What's worse, looking at someone and having nothing but totally horribly mean thoughts or... (laughs) I didn't say it. (laughs) Yeah. Or the fact that, hey, you know what? Maybe I just said something nice to... Try to be nice. Yeah. Right? Which is the funny thing. Which might thing be a lie. Because everyone, you know, we're all into da- data and science. They're like, science proves that. I'm like, no. Science puts, you know, a lot of numbers behind 
And, you know, we're all about data-driven decisions on this podcast. Like that is a smart way to run your business is with data-driven decisions. However, you know, just because there's a lot of numbers behind something doesn't make it an absolute. An absolute. You know, I, I look at people in history that have done a lot of really bad things and they've got all the right numbers to prove it. You know, I mean, the reason why Hitler came to power so quickly and so efficiently was because he was doing all the right things. You know, economically, he was, you know, pushing the right things. Militaristically, he was pushing the right things. But there was this, you know, this human side, this emotional side that you got to keep that in check and say, wait a second, this just doesn't feel right. I don't know. That was kind of a somber note to <laughs> pull it to. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know that I have any more thoughts on the commercialization of Christmas, but I don't want to end on that <laughs> thought. I, 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 I'm going to give this thought. So we, we did just finish Christmas. Christmas is already over, but you brought up a really good point of you're like, why do we have to only give that stuff at Christmas time? And I'm like, why don't we give more of ourselves year round? You know, I totally if, if, agree. If, if you want to get away from the consumerism, then you've got to give of yourself, give of your time, give of your talents. Don't be afraid to share a talent just because there's someone on YouTube who is, you know, quote unquote better. Doesn't matter. Sing, tell jokes, dance, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. Is that a happier note, Dan? Oh yes, that's a much better happier note. Then. Okay, we can end on that. Perfect. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this uh, wonderful sideline with uh, two of your favorite hosts in all the world. <laughs> Probably your most favorite hosts no in all the world. No absolutes. <laughs> so anyways, hope you had a good holiday and uh, continue to listen to us uh, here at Marketing Management and Money. Take care.